morning, family. Good morning, family. Uh, it's wonderful to be here in San Antonio. Um, I'm a, uh, born South African, but living in France, in the Cantal area, where there's more cattle than people. <laughs> so, but God has a sense of humor, you know, because I love animals. I, God had to put me where he sends me, he has to put animals. So <laughs> I'm very grateful that he put me in, in the Cantal, in France. So there's, the cattle is really roaming over the hills and in the valleys, but they put clocks, uh, bells around their necks, like big, and you can hear them from a distance, like kilometers, 10, 20 kilometers you can hear them. And I love it, just to hear them. And you know, when they're laying down, you don't hear anything, so you have to wait until they move. <laughs> and you know, God spoke to me about that. I, he said, what sound are you releasing today? We all have a sound. And are you making a sound? Are you so tired and weary that you go, clunk, clunk, clunk? <laughs> or are you alive, full of the vibrance of the Lord? Ketlang, 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 ketlang. So I believe you have a sound in you that you have to release on this earth today. Amen. <laughs> so I believe God is setting up this uh, service today and prepared your hearts for something special. Because every time we have the word of God, something happens. There's an explosion in your hearts. And I believe that God is doing something special today. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. My wife used my life color. Amen. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have had a boring life. <laughs> Praise God. God knew, God knew which uh, wife he, need, he needed next to me. Amen. Amen. And so we've been married now 34 years. I'm going strong. And um, three kids. Three children, and we've got two grandchildren. And uh, are we believing and trusting God for ten grandchildren? Amen. <laughs> so the kids need to get on with it. <laughs> Praise God. Well, are you, like Sis said, ready for something special this morning? Amen. I firstly want to honor um, my spiritual parents, Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev. Like Apostle Theo said, led me to the Lord at the age of 17. Angry young man, didn't know the Lord, completely lost. Um, actually grew up as an atheist. Well, deeply in, deep inside of me, I knew that uh, the Lord existed, but never wanted to admit it. And um, yes, I had a, an amazing encounter of the love of God the day I gave my life to the Lord. And it was the love of Jesus that uh, brought me to a place of repentance and handing over my life to Him, giving my life to Him. And, and uh, that's the waves of love that I experienced from the Lord through these people uh, at the age of 17. And uh, that love is uh, it's, it's strong, you know, it's amazing. And that love is the passion that fuels my relationship with the Lord. Um, I don't do things for the Lord because I need to. I do things for the Lord because I want to, <laughs> you know, just because I love Him. Uh, not because I feel obliged to do it, just because when I just sense He wants me to do it, I'll do it. Don't, don't sense it. I don't do it. <laughs> I keep it simple. 
Amen. But uh, Dad, Mom, thank you for everything during all these years. 38 years is a lifetime. It's a lifetime. And uh, it, if it wouldn't have been for everything that you've imparted in our lives, the foundations that you've uh, built in our lives by the Word of God, uh, we wouldn't have had this life we are living today. Thank you for that. Love you, honor you, respect you, and uh, we celebrate you. Amen. Amen. Could we please all stand as we draw near to God in prayer? Thank you. Father God, thank you for this morning. I thank you, Father God, for you having your way in each and every one of our lives. I bring your precious people before you, and I ask you, Father God, that no person standing in this building or watching online is experiencing a time outside of your throne room, but that each and every person will experience a special moment within your throne room, experiencing your breath upon their life, experiencing your heartbeat, hearing the sound, hearing, Father God, your words for their lives in this very moment in Jesus' name. I ask you that you'll envelop this service in the atmosphere of eternity where your, your people will hear your voice, they'll experience your touch, and they'll experience your move in their lives. And Father God, anything and everything that needs to be awakened in their lives, that you've purposed for their lives in this time, in this hour, that this will happen right now in the, during this service in Jesus' name. May every person leave this place knowing God touched me, knowing God spoke to me knowing destiny is locked up within my heart and I can trust you, Lord. I can follow you. I can run with you. Thank you, Father God, that all discouragement melts away and courage rises up in people's hearts. Bravery rises up in people's hearts. Faith rises up in people's hearts and that your people will take, Father God, their call and run with it without hindrance, without any limitations, without anything, Father God, that's restricting them in this time and in this hour. We give you all the glory, all the praise, and we love you, Jesus. We love you, we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name, everyone says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, family. You know, all of us seated in this place and everyone watching online, every person actually on this planet has been born with a purpose. On purpose, with a purpose. <laughs> God placed us on this earth because He's got something for us to do. And it's our responsibility to find it. It's our responsibility to discover it. It's our responsibility to grow into it. It's our responsibility to develop ourselves in whatever God has called for us. My journey looks different than yours. Your journey looks different than ours. Now, a call, the call of God is not a career. All right? A career gives you retirement. Uh, the call of God uh, gives you eternal reward. Much different. All right? Career requires education. The calling that God has upon our lives requires anointing. It requires His presence. It requires His touch on a daily basis upon our lives. And it's all encapsulated in that relationship we have with Him that intimacy we have with Him, that secret place that we've, every day, that time we set aside with Him. Career is what we choose, all right? Calling is what we discover in our relationship with Him. So when we have this relationship with the Lord, things evolve, things mature in our lives, and we start seeing clearer for what God has called us to walk on this, the face of this earth for. So 
We need also to discern between the promises of God for our lives and the call of God for our lives. Now, we cannot make the promise of God for our lives, the promises of God for our lives. And praise God for the promises. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, all the promises of God are yes and amen. And I celebrate the Lord for our inheritance because He paid for our healing. Amen. He paid for our providence. Now, God has not called us to be wealthy. God promised us to be wealthy. There's a major difference between the two. So if we make the promise of God a priority in our lives, we actually can set up an idol. You must just hear what I'm trying to say. All right. The promise of God is our inheritance in God. Praise God for that. Amen. <laughs> we can stand in faith and we stand on the promises. We don't need to run after the promises. <laughs> yes and amen. I have my inheritance uh, in the Lord. God gave me these promises. But the call of God is much different. That's God's inheritance in me. The call of God in my life is I need to pick up my cross and follow Him. I need to take up my responsibility and follow Him. That's the call of God on my life. So I need to give back to Him for the reason for me being here. In Him I live and move and I exist. Amen. I'm not going to stand before a man one day and, you know, an anointed man one day. I'm going to stand before God one day and give an account of my life to the Lord one day. How will I be able to stand there? Yo, God, thank you. I had such an amazing life. I had a beautiful house. I had many cars. <laughs> Your promises worked well in my life. <laughs> okay, what did you do for me? I did that for you. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so we've got a responsibility. So I have, I, I received an inheritance from Jesus. He loves me unconditionally. He laid his life down for me. Now he asked that of me as well. That's my responsibility. I see so many people that has suffered trauma, that has suffered tragedy, that has suffered, you know, just being disillusioned, that has suffered betrayal. And in some way, got derailed from the call of God for their lives. And then I also see some people that are thinking, well, I'm walking in the call of God for my life, and this is the limit. This is the, you know, the, 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 the summit of what I need to experience. I want to say to you, it's not the summit of what you need to experience. There's still much more to experience when you walk with the Lord. You see Moses, God, God called Moses, all right, put him in Egypt, and he gets angry for a man, okay, an Egyptian, he kills him, and then he has, to save his, he, has, he has to save his own skin. He runs to the back end of the wilderness, away from God's call for his life. It wasn't God's will that he killed a man, all right? So now he runs away because he made a mistake. Some people run away from the call of God for their lives because they made a mistake. And what did God do? He went and fetched him. 
He went and got him. I want to say to you that God is knocking at so many people, so many people's hearts that made a mistake. You think you burnt it. You think it's over. You think, no, there's nothing more for you. I want to say to you that God is a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. And he says, listen, there's a second chance for you. There's a third chance for you. Get back on track. Moses, come. Don't run away because you made a mistake. I'm greater than your mistake. Then you've got another man that God used powerfully, Elijah. My word, he calls fire down from heaven. Destroys 450 Satanists. I mean, that's a huge miracle. Calling down. Then a voice gets released upon his life. Jezebel, satanic voice. Comes against his call. Says, I'll kill you today. Before the sun sets, you'll be dead. What does he do? He runs away. He runs away out of fear. Some people is running away from God's call for their lives because of fear. I want to say to you that God is greater than the voices that has come against you, the opinions of men, the judgment of anyone. I want to say to you, if God is for you, who can be against you? And God had to reveal himself to Elijah. He said, what are you doing in this cave? I haven't called you for this cave. There's another assignment for your life. When then got him. God's coming for you. Wherever you are, God is coming for you in this time, in this hour, because God is raising up a mighty army for His purpose, for His glory, because there's a harvest that needs to come in. God is calling His people by name. God is calling you by name. Moses, what are you doing here? Elijah, what are you doing here? You made a mistake. Get back on track. You run out of fear, get back on track. Then you get a guy like Jonah. Jonah, go and tell the people in Nineveh they need to get their act right. They need to repent. Jonah doesn't want to do it. He goes to Tarsus. Wrong direction, opposite direction. Why? Because he actually feared that God, God's grace. <laughs> and he actually feared that he would be successful. What, what was Jonah's problem? His feelings. When God calls you, don't be led by your feelings. Don't be led by your emotions. Emotions is a gauge. It's never a guide. Be led by the call of God on your life. What's the mandate that God has placed on your life? What is God uttering over your life today? What is he saying today? Now, we all got a, generous, uh, a general call. You can actually see, you know, if you look at Joseph's life, Joseph born into a, a family of covenant. He's got favor with his father. Puts him in a beautiful robe of all different colors. General purpose. General call. He's being mocked. All general. But God's got a, a, a higher call for him. He's actually got not just this general purpose. He's really got a, a deeper purpose for him. 
So Joseph doesn't get to choose which airfare or which class he would sit in the airplane to go to Egypt. He actually gets sold as a slave. And God moves him to Egypt. What happens there? He works his way up. He becomes the prime minister of Egypt. He's a man of authority. He must have thought, well, I've reached the pinnacle of my existence on this earth. I've really, um, this is the reason for me being here. There was much higher than that. Because his higher reason was to get his father and his brothers from that la- from the land where they- from Canaan into Egypt into Goshen, yeah. where God wanted to form and forge a nation. Yeah. Higher reason. I want to say to you today: you, when you walk with the Lord, don't think that you maybe you are experiencing so much. God says there's much more. Yeah. There is much more. Yeah. Just like Joseph. Just like Joseph. Now, now you know, the Word of God says in Matthew 22, 14, He says, for many are called, but few are chosen. The word called is kletos in the Greek. It actually means, you can read it this way, many are invited. We are all invited. We are all called. But it's our choice to respond. It's our choice to recognize what God is saying to us. It's our choice whether we're going to bend our heart over to God. The Word of God says in Proverbs 4.23, God your heart above all else. Because out of the heart flows the issues of life. That word, guard your heart, means actually guard what you bend your heart over to. And I want to bend my heart over to His Word. I want to bend my heart over to Him. I want to have a personal relationship with Him. We need to enrich our relationship with Him. Okay? Then that word says, but few are chosen. Listen to this. Few are chosen is actually, that word chosen in the Greek is eglektos. It means few by implication are my favorites. Meaning few walk in obedience. My friendship with the Lord is not based on my fellowship with Him. It's based on my obedience to Him. Okay? Fellowship is important. Fellowship is absolutely necessary. Your secret place, my secret place, needs to be our most important place. But Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I say. You see, there are many Christians today overcompensating in sacrifice for their lack of obedience. So in other words, I'll, I'll put big money into the kingdom, but don't, don't ask me to be at church. I'll, be, I'll put big money into the church, okay, but don't ask me to witness. 
Don't ask me to participate. Hello? I'm saying to you today, just like me, I'm going to stand before the Lord one day. <laughs> Not before man. And he has an inheritance in me. And I want to give to him for the reason why he put me on this earth for. We cannot be people pleasers. We need to be God pleasers. People pleasers cannot walk in the favor of God. Impossible. Our soul. People pleasers actually has got a huge issue with, is they are filled with insecurity. That's what prompted Saul to do what he did. He was filled with insecurity. He wasn't set in God. He wasn't secure in God. That was the major difference between David and Saul. Spirit of God speaking to people here. He's moving hearts. He's shifting hearts. Because God is aligning His people. God is repositioning His people. God is bringing correction. Why? Because He wants to recatapult you. <laughs> he wants to relaunch you. You are not in this race because of anybody else. You are in this race because of your love for God. <laughs> and you've got your own, I've got my own race to run. But it's my responsibility to pick it up and run with it. Amen. So who wants to be treated as a favorite? Yeah. Be obedient. Yeah. Yeah. Be obedient. Spend time with the Lord. Seek His face. Receive your instructions. Move by faith. Amen. Amen. Walk in faith, knowing, you know, and when you fall in love, deep, deeply in love with the Lord, you really become a risk taker because you trust Him. And then people look at your life, you're crazy, what are you doing? Say, no, no, I'm just walking by faith. Excuse me, I'm walking by faith. Uh-uh, I'm walking by faith. God is calling your name. Samuel wakes up, go to Eli. You call me. I haven't called you. Go back to bed. Samuel goes to Eli again. You called me. I haven't called you. Go back to bed. Third time, Eli realizes, listen, this is the Lord calling him. That word call, you know, when I call someone, when God calls you, what do you expect when you call someone? You expect their attention. You expect them to recognize you. And that's what God expects us of us. Andre! Recognition. Yes, God, I'm listening. Your servant is listening. What's the second thing God does? Okay, you're recognizing me. Come and sit at the table. I'm going to share some stuff with you. We're going to go into a deeper relationship. Intimacy takes place. Intimacy. And then it goes even further when you look at how Jesus responds in John chapter 15, verse 15. Actually, in the New American Standard Bible, Jesus says, I no longer, no longer do I call you slaves. Other translations say servants. For the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father I've made known to you. That word, 
call is not just because Samuel, that word call is raw call in Hebrew. It means I'm calling for your attention. I'm calling for recognition. Here, Jesus is saying, I'm not calling you anymore as slaves or servants. I'm calling you friends because we've grown into a place where we've been intimate. We've shared information with each other. We know each other's heart. I have re I've released into your life ex what the Father carries in his heart for you. So they, we know each other now. That word call in the Greek is Lego. Lego? The Lego blocks? That's what it means. It actually means you're at a place now where we can build kingdom. You can go. It means to affirm others. It means to maintain. It means to teach. It means to advise. It means to exhort. So in other words, God's intention for you and for me is for us to become true sons and daughters in the kingdom. So that the whole creation can see what God is doing in your life. And you can release the sound that God has placed in your heart. And God can trust you with His people. God can trust you with the mission that God has for your life. For the assignment He's placed on your life. The mantle that you are carrying. God is saying, let's build kingdom. Let's build kingdom. Now, not all this. Listen, man, we're going to leave this earth. And we're going to live eternity with the Lord. But you see, some people need to get delivered from the highly unlikely syndrome. Well, it's highly likely that God will use my neighbor. God will use the person sitting next to me. God will use the leadership. But he's not going to use me in the gifts. He's not going to use me to witness. He's not going to use me. It's highly unlikely that God has got something very special for me. I want to say to you that it's highly likely that God is going to use you powerfully if you surrender your life to him. You know, the un highly unlikely syndrome. It's highly unlikely that a butcher will become a vegetarian. It's not impossible, but it's... Highly unlikely. It's highly unlikely that you will experience a train, uh, a plane crash. That's why you're still getting to a plane crash. But they tell you, in the, in the highly unlikely event of a, and you're still sitting there, you're not running out of the plane. Because it's not impossible, but it's high. It won't really happen. We need to get delivered from the highly unlikely syndrome. We are God's special possession. We are God's holy people. We are God's royal people. And God seeks to treat us as royalty. But we determine that posture, not God. He's given us that space. He's given us that privilege we can enter into and live that way. The children of Israel, the Hebrews, in the beginning chapters of Samuel, still were governed by judges and prophets. But they wanted to look like the other nations. They wanted to blend in. They wanted to have a king. But it was never God's intention for them to have their own king or an earthly king. They already had a king. God was their king. God was their king. So Samuel brought that to the Lord, and the Lord said to, to Samuel, they're not rejecting you. 
they're rejecting me as their king. Why didn't God want to give them an earthly king? Because he told them, tell them, Samuel, they'll have to pay taxes. Their sons will be enlisted in the army. All right? They will carry a heavy burden by an earthly king. I'm their king, but they don't want me as their king. But you see, the reason he didn't want to give them an earthly king is because he wanted to treat, he wanted every person in the nation of Israel under the Hebrews to experience royalty. Not only one person. God is wanting you and me to experience royalty. It's a posture. It's a way of life. It's a way how we position ourselves. And so God found them one. Saul. And we know Saul messed up. People pleaser. Insecure. Couldn't. God couldn't trust him to express his heart anymore. So God rejected him as king. He couldn't treat him as royalty anymore because of his disobedience. And then God found a person after his own heart, David. And God said, he'll do everything I tell him to do. Obedience. Obedience. David just loved adoring God. He was addicted to the presence of God. I want to say to you today, what are you addicted to? Become addicted. Practice the presence of God. Get into that secret place and don't get off your knees until God touches you. I did it in my life in my early years when I saw Apostle Theo walking in the presence of God and praying for people, people falling over. I thought to myself, yeah, I want that in my life. I really want that in my life. So I said to God, I'm not going to get off my knees until you touch me. I want to feel your presence. And it sometimes took me two hours. When I was like a bulldog on a bone, I would not let it go. I would hang in there. I started practicing the presence. And today when I don't feel that presence, I'm completely lost. Don't ask me anything. I'll just tell you nonsense. Because I cannot, really, it's, come on people. And you look at David's life, he was completely lost without the presence. He knew what the presence meant to him. That's why he said, one day in your courts is better than a thousand days anywhere else on this planet. He was a man after God's own heart. He practiced the presence. He loved the Lord for who he was, not for what he could give him. He loved the Lord and God said, God looked at this man and said, Man, I'm just going to bless this man. And when he, when he messed up, he said, David, I gave you all this. And if it wasn't enough, why did you go and take something that wasn't yours? It wasn't yours. Why did you take it? Yeah, that's God's heart. I want to say to you that God wants to bless you more than you can even imagine or think or even comprehend in any way. He wants to bless you. But you know, the day when God said to Samuel, you go to Jesse's house. I found another man. He's going to be my king. Go to Jesse's house. Go and look at his sons. One of these, his sons, that's the person I, I chose. He'll do whatever I tell him to do. So he gets all the sons in line. Jesse gets all his sons, seven of them. Forgot about David. Lines them up. Eliab, Samuel thinks this is the man. 
God tells Samuel, don't look at the outer appearance. The Lord, I don't look at the outer appearance. I look at the heart. Second one. Abinadab. Uh-uh. It's not him. I weighed him. He's much too light. Doesn't have the character. Didn't have the character. You actually study it. When you study it, you see it later in his life. Third one. Shama. No. Not him. All of them. Not one of them. And Samuel turns to Jesse. There must be another one. Do you have another son? Oh, yes, I do. But it's highly unlikely. There remains one. It's highly unlikely. He's a young man, 15, 16 years old. He just plays the harp, man. He's there out there. He looks after sheep. It's, there remains one, but it's highly unlikely. Can't be him. But okay, let's go and get him. Gets him. Woo! This is the man. You know, that word remain in the Hebrew is shahar. It's got two meanings. One word, two different perspectives actually. Depends on through which lens you look, at, you look in, that, uh, in that word. You can go and study it. Hebrew, shahar. From man's perspective, it means a leftover. It means redundant. Highly unlikely. God's perspective, gift of God. <laughs> God's perspective, a remnant. I kept him for such a time. I want to say to you today that God's been hiding you for such a time. <laughs> I want to say to you today that God is raising up an army that is being directed and nudged and and navigated by the Spirit of God like this earth has never seen before. They'll be releasing a pure sound from heaven. I want to say to you today, without purity, there's no identity. You can go and study the word from Genesis right through to Revelation. God is holy. God is holy. And God is calling His people out. He's removing the debris that's been covering you up. You walk away from purity in your life, you walk away from identity. The basic law of the temple has always been absolute holiness. From the beginning right to the end. You are the temple of God. You carry the Holy Spirit. The big thing is, we all have the Holy Spirit. But the big question is, does the Holy Spirit have you? That's the big question. That's the big question. That's the big question. So the Lord is getting His people unstuck. No matter where you are today. I've known the Lord now for 38 years, as you've heard. But I've never experienced the intensity of God's Spirit on my life like today. Never. I've never had the experiential knowledge like I'm having today in my life with the Lord, in my walk with the Lord. I don't know what God is doing, but He's doing something. And I'm getting more excited. And the more excited I get, the more frustrated, the, the more I, I actually just frustrate some people. I irritate them. Why? Because I'm excited. So what? I'm excited. 
And sometimes I don't know why I'm excited because God is doing something. I don't know what, but I'm just delivering what I'm hearing. And I'm trying to find the vocabulary. I'm trying to find the vocabulary. But help me, God, to release the sound. I just know that if I walk with the Lord, I'm okay. He will provide for me. I just know if I trust Him, He'll open doors for me that I never knew existed in my life. Because why? I'm in a posture of favor. I'm not obedient when it makes sense. I'm obedient because I trust Him. I love Him. Some people think you're born generous. You're not born generous. Believe me, I wasn't born generous. You know what? I just needed to obey God to release that first seed. And then it became easier. And then I became generous. Come on, people. You look like you all were born holy. Just like boom. Come on. You were born just with all, all of it. I don't know. My struggles are real, you <laughs> I'm fighting my way out. <laughs> but I'm trusting him. There's one thing is for sure. He loves me. <laughs> one thing is for sure. He loves you. Amen. So I want to get rid of the highly unlikely syndrome in your life. Kick it out. Evict it. Decapitated. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Tommy, where's Tommy? Tommy? It's Tom. Tom. Tom, please stand. You and your wife, please stand. When I look at you, I see one word stability. I see loyalty. I see just this oneness. It's just like if you've given your heart, to something, that's it. You're sticking to it. The whole way, the whole way. So, the Lord is saying to you today, as a family, because of your fa- I see you standing before the Lord, and it happened more than once. God, it doesn't make sense. I cannot understand why this happened, but I'm going to trust you. That's the relationship we have, you have with the Lord. It's always been your strength, but I'm going to trust you. And you've lived your life this way. You've anchored yourself well in the Lord. Okay? Now, even recently, I see there was a, it was like an aggressiveness that came through into your life that wanted to derail you. It came from the side. Okay? I see a hand on your collar that wanted to rip you off the rails. But you stood. And you stood firm. You were not derailed at all. God is saying, I'm very pleased with you. I want to say to you, Tom, the Lord is saying to me to tell you, it's your season of reward. It's your season of reward. You could have been derailed, but you held the course. You've, you, 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 I see voices that has been crying out to you that was not God's voice. And it was wanting to pull you aside to take you off the rails. Your relationship, your loyalty, the integrity that you carry, the way that you anchor yourself in the Lord was your protection. And God says, now it's the time for reward. It's the time for reward. Amen. So the Lord bless you. Yvonne, you from Dallas. This lady drove, drove yesterday. Was it yesterday? You drove from Dallas? Stand up, please. 
Come here, come forward. Come here to the front. You're too far away. <laughs> she, she watches us online. She sent us a message yesterday on Messenger to tell us she'll be here. Was it yesterday that you sent us the message? You just came through from Dallas for the service. God bless you. Okay. I see that the enemy has tried to keep you in a place of lack. And he's wanting to suffocate you. I see that you're carrying a burden that's not God's inheritance for you. But you open the door. There's a relationship that you were in that distracted you. I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know anything you know. I don't know. I haven't spoken to you. Okay? Is this true? Okay? And I see that this relationship was destined by Satan to divert what God, what God was about to establish in your life. And you took a huge detour. And you're now back again at the same place where you're saying, God, I'll get my stuff in order. There's an emptiness in your heart that developed in your upbringing. Did you have a father? Okay. How was your relationship with him? Good? Really good? Okay. I see a void. And God's removing that void. Okay. No man can fill that void but God. And that's what God is saying to you today. No man can fill that void but God. Are you willing to repent from that relationship? We need to close the door. Okay? Raise your hand to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I repent. I will not allow any relationship in my life if it's not of you. I repent. Forgive me. Okay. Now look at me, Yvonne. Your days of lack is over from today. That cycle is broken. The enemy has tried to keep you in debt. You are getting out of debt. You are getting out of lack. Okay? God's giving you favor. Now, God started that process. I see that. God started that process in your life. But then, again, the enemy came because there's a void. Okay? And he derailed you. This time, he will not derail you. Okay? Raise your hands to the Lord. There's the presence of God now on you. I break that cycle now. There it is. There it is. In the name of Jesus. There you are. There you are. There's the presence. There's the presence. There it is. There it is. God's releasing you. That's it. That's it. There's the presence. Don't touch her. Don't touch her. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You're being set free completely. Completely. God's restoring you completely. There it is. There it is. It's increasing. It's increasing. It's the glory of God that's coming on you. You are being completely delivered and completely set free. Completely. Amen. I'm going to give you this book. You read it and you do what this book says. Okay? And you go and study the Bible. You have one. You bought it. Why? I want to still give it to you. Okay? Because you drove all the way from Dallas. Okay? Love you. Bye-bye. Amen. Praise Jesus. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Jesus is wonderful. Amen.
Praise God. Is it Pastor Lucas? 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 You're living in California. I know. Because I don't see you in California. I'm sorry. I just, I just wanted to say, let me, can you stand with your wife, please? I don't see you in California. Okay. But what I do see is a sacrifice that's about, it's on your doorstep. Is that right? You know this major change coming to your life. Uh-huh. I see an uprooting where you are. Where are you? In South Africa? You live in South Africa? Okay. 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 I see everything changing. What I do see in your life is new structure. God is resetting things in your ministry. And, and the Lord is saying to me to tell you, impatience never commands any success. You cannot be impatient in this hour. You need to allow God to navigate you in your decisions. God's hand is upon you. Don't ever question God's call on you. And God wants to settle that in your heart. The power of God's on you. God wants to settle that in both of your hearts. Now God says wherever I'm, I'm seeing, you're establishing your ministry also in this country. In this country. God's moving you to this country. God's moving you to this country. Now, <clears throat> you don't know exactly how things are going to pan out for you. You don't need to know. It's a trust walk and it's a faith walk. So God's speaking to you about spiritual covering. Hello? Okay. God's speaking to you about foundations, the structure that you need to put in place. And God's very detailed in your life at this moment. <laughs> Very intentional, because what's happening in your life now will establish the foundation for the rest of your life in your ministry, for the rest of your life. This is why you cannot build hastily. You'll have to take your time, and you will not lose time, okay? You're on very much on the schedule that God has for you. You're not behind. You're not, a, you're not running ahead, all right? You're right on time, okay? But God is moving mountains for you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you talked about this? I hear mountains. Have you talked about this? You need mountains removed. Raise your hands to the Lord. I'm hearing mountains. You, you talk, when you talk to each other, I hear mountains, mountains, mountains. God's, God's going to do it for you. There's the power of God coming on both of you. There it is, there it is, there it is. Our Father God, I thank you that we can join our faith with this precious couple right now. Thank you, Father God, that your will and your purpose, your assignment, your task for their life is completely established right now in their lives. In Jesus' name, right now. There's the presence of God. And I want, what's your name, ma'am? Charlery. You've got, you have lots of faith. You are a, and you are very prophetic as well. When you speak to that man, he knows it's God. <laughs> In, uh, no, 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 between you two. You, you know, at times he will, he will think things and he will ponder on things, but all of a sudden you just give a one-liner. Boom. Okay. I got it. That's how you operate. Huh? Lucas? 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 Is it so? Lucas. Is it so, Lucas? Say for me, it's forkeerd as it's forkeerd is. Is it right? Okay. But this is how you operate. And I see, I see you many times shout out to him. He's in the lounge and you're in the kitchen and you, you are... 
you are giving your that's it your five cents that that weighs a lot weighs a lot and it hits the mark okay don't doubt the call of God on your life you're right on track but God is uprooting you where you are now does that make sense if you put your house on the market Oh, you sold everything because I see everything going. Okay. God bless you. Thank you. Love you. Praise God. Amen.